Hey everybody and welcome to the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. My name is Morgan Bartell and I am looking forward to this episode so much you guys. It is our youngest son's first birthday and in honor of him turning one today I wanted to share our adoption story. For those that are close to us and do life with us, you walked that season out with us hand in hand, praying for us, interceding for us, helping practically in so many ways. And for that, I want to say thank you. One whole year of loving our little man and feeling so blessed and so honored that his biological mother, AKA his tummy mommy, would choose us and trust us. I am blown away. The emotions that she went through and continues to experience, I'm sure, are just humbling beyond reason. It's just become a gateway for prayer for me in a very tender way. And I'm so grateful that we continue to talk to his biological mother and that she allows us to send her updates and pictures of our little man. Adoption is such a beautiful gift. And it's not one that comes without hardship, like at all. It is a very big roller coaster of emotions. What is a beautiful treasure for one mama is a loss for another. And that is hard. And for those of you guys who might not know, I was actually adopted by my dad decades ago. My mother has since passed over the last few years. And so my dad who adopted me is truly amazing. Before my mother passed, her and my dad ended up divorcing, but he never once for a moment treated me like I wasn't biologically his own. He didn't. And then what was so cool, you guys, is then when I was 22, I was actually pregnant with our oldest. I actually got to meet my biological father face to face. We met at we met at our oldest baby shower, which is so crazy to me. He had driven cross country with my half sister to attend. And I honestly didn't know what to expect. But the moment that we saw each other, it was amazing. We hugged, we cried. And I cried because I was just so thankful. I was so thankful for the life that he had allowed me to have by giving my dad the gift of adopting me. Like, that is so beautiful. And I cried because there was an immediate level of personal connection. But I'll never forget sitting across from my biological dad at a restaurant back where we used to live in liberal Kansas talking about our favorite things, discovering common interests that I always thought were my quirky traits. It was a part of who he was. And I didn't realize that through that, he was always with me. But now that I have walked that journey and walked the journey of adopting our youngest son, I can't help but wonder what his story has in store. Like it has already been so beautifully written by God. And whatever unfolds, I know it's gonna be spectacular. But I can't help to feel just, but I can't help but to feel so thankful, y'all. Just beyond words. You're going to hear me say that so many times in this podcast. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that I was adopted by God, that I was adopted by my dad, and to have been given a wonderful family. I'm thankful that we were able to add to our family via the route of adoption. And adoption used to make me feel like I wasn't a real family member, y'all. Like, I'm not going to lie. After the divorce, Things got said in the heat of emotions and pain. Um, and I was fed the lie that I wasn't real family to my adopted family. And it took a long time. It took counseling to get over that. And thanks to the grace of God, I now see that my adoptive family chose me. 
They are my family. I have the best and the fullest life surrounded by love because I, because I have accepted that fact. And I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, but our journey to adoption was not an easy one, y'all. It was not. We had our youngest son in 2013. We figured that having children would not be an issue after our first was born. And you know what? It wasn't that easy. For nearly a decade, we prayed for another kid, just another child, a sibling. Our oldest even prayed for a sibling. And then, unfortunately, we faced multiple miscarriages. Multiple miscarriages, countless negative pregnancy tests, and our hearts were broken. It was exhausting, and we had honestly conceded with the fact that maybe our lot in life, maybe God's plan for our family was to raise an only child. And we we grew in contentment for that. I want to say we did not grow in contention, but contentment. We accepted that. We were okay with that if that's the way it was going to look. But that desire for more children was always there. And then, of course, God does what only he can do, right? He shows up. He turns our world upside down. Um, but just a little bit of our story here, you guys. So we had been... We'll just fast forward. I'm not going to get into all the story, but we had been doing foster care and had a terrible, terrible experience right before we closed our home. And we had been fostering infants and loved those babies so much. We pray for those babies daily still. Just they rocked our world and wrecked it in the best, the best of ways. And um, there was a night. Uh, after we had closed our home in the nursery, we had two cribs and I, I had decided I was going to disassemble the cribs and clean up the room and make it into a guest room, something else, because it felt like a tomb to a memory that just broke my heart over and over and over and not in a good way. And so, um, I, I would go into that nursery leading up to this and just play worship music and just pray and just pray so hard and just cry. And that became a space that that's all I did was pray, worship and cry, pray, worship and cry. And that's what sustained me through a very hard season with that foster care journey. But that night that I chose to go in there and tear down those cribs, y'all, I was like, you know what? I'm done. God, like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And so I got the first crib disassembled. I put it to the side and I went to put that Allen wrench into the first bolt or screw or whatever it's called. My husband will probably be like, um, honey, no, but I went to take that Allen wrench to the second crib. And before I could even touch the crib with that Allen wrench, you guys, I audibly heard the voice of God say, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And I got salty with the Lord. I'm going to admit I literally am by myself in the nursery. The boys are doing something in the living room at this time. And I was like, well, you know what, God, if you're going to do this to me again, I am not doing fertility treatments again. I am not doing foster care again. I can't emotionally handle it. I'm going to break. You're going to have to just bring a baby to our front door. You're going to have to just knock on our front door and give us a child. And so at that point, because I'm dramatic. I threw the Allen wrench down. I came out into the living room, sat down on our sectional and just 
was going to be salty and have an attitude, I guess. I was being very stubborn and childish in my response to the Lord. And in his gracious gifts that he does bestow upon us, you guys, as I sit down on this sectional and I'm being all huffy and being a spiritual teenager, basically, and throwing a fit, I get a text message from an acquaintance that had actually been a nurse back when our oldest was born at the hospital for him. And she goes, hi, I know this might sound weird. And mind you, up until this point, I had been sharing very vocally about our struggles with foster care, about our journey with foster care, advocating for foster care. So she knew our heart for fostering and adoption and all those things. So she's not coming out left field doing this, but the Lord still used it. She reaches out and says, hey, I have a friend that I'm talking to who is in the process of trying to decide whether or not to keep her baby. And she goes, she's leaning towards adoption. She goes, the hard thing is she goes, she's between abortion and adoption. And she goes, I have convinced her that if I can help her find an adoptive family, that she will keep the baby. And she goes, and the only people I know that might possibly be willing to do this are y'all. Would you be interested? And she in the message says, I know this sounds crazy, but would you be interested? And I immediately was speechless and I'm never speechless, but I was immediately speechless. And I just showed my husband the message. I had not told him what happened in the nursery, not even five minutes prior. I had not told him any of that. And I was just, I was utterly speechless. I showed him the message and he didn't even ask me a question. He goes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Now we are big pro-life advocates, very much so, but we are pro-birth and pro-life. We believe that after birth, there is a life that is still to be lived. And that also includes the biological parents. Now, in this moment, we did not know who the biological parents were. We responded with, yes, absolutely. We would 100% pursue this and be honored to pursue adoption if and when the biological parents choose us. And so we began our journey of private adoption. We were already, we have our home study. We had everything we needed to get taken care of because we had been a foster home and it was still, we had been dual licensed and we, we already had our home study and all the things necessary to pursue adoption due to the fact that we were still dual licensed for foster and adoption. And so we we went to work at finding an adoption attorney in the state in which our, our youngest was born. The timeline of this is wild. So we decide to close our foster home in the beginning of January, 2022. Then this message comes through at probably, I think January 22nd, January 23rd, 2022. And so I'm able to tell my mother, all that's happening saying this might be going on very excited about this she was so elated you guys she knew our struggle she knew all that she's screaming on the phone going oh my gosh i'm getting another grandbaby congratulations i'm like mom like it's not even final we haven't met the parents we haven't even talked to the attorney more than the initial phone call like we don't know but thank you i'm so glad you're excited and then by january 29th of 2022 my mother and my stepdad passed away 
we got news on January 29th that my stepdad had shot my mother and then in turn took his own life and they were out in California. And so that was a very hard season, you guys. And I'm going to try not to cry going back through this on this podcast, but we had already been going through so much with all of the foster care stuff. And then this new high of the possibility of adopting a baby. And um, then to find out how my mom passed and my stepdad passed. And my mom was only 54 years old, you guys. She had just married my stepdad back in 2018. We knew him, but we didn't know him, know him. Um, She got married well after we were all out of the house. And so now what was a high felt like one really, really, really low moment because within a week we had been able to share and celebrate the news of a possible adoption with my mother. And then by the end of that week, she had been murdered. And I being the oldest child, um, my brother and I, we, uh, we knew we were going to have to drive out to California to handle final arrangements, things like that. We took the drive, but I had to first drive from South Texas all the way up to the Oklahoma Panhandle in a snowstorm at the end of January. And what should have been a 10 hour drive at max took me 17 hours to get up there. But I knew that I was going to have a day or two in the Oklahoma Panhandle before we could actually start the trek to drive cross country to Northern California, where my, my mom and stepdad had previously resided to handle all of their arrangements. And so during those two days, I'm now back up in the area, in the area, not the state, but the area, at least within driving distance. When I say driving distance, I mean like a few hours, but now I'm in the vicinity of the potential birth mother. And so I reached out to our mutual friend and said, Hey, I'm up here for basically I've got a day tomorrow. That's all I got. Would she be willing to meet with me? And miraculously, the clouds parted, the snowstorm that had been happening kind of dissipated, and I was able to meet our youngest son's tummy mommy face to face and connect and just truly fall in love with her. And by the end of that, she was like, you know what? She's like, I want you guys, I want you guys to raise him. Like we had been pursuing foster care and adoption since 2016, mind you. Okay. We had, it was so much stuff. It was so much. It was so much. So now that we have the biological mom sign, like saying, we want you like all this stuff. Then we get in contact with our attorney, our attorney then in turn gets in contact with our son's biological parents and begins the process. I had the honor of going to all of our youngest son's checkups, all of his OB appointments with our son's biological mother. And so I was able to form a really beautiful bond with her. And I was able to literally see our son grow and go through that process. And whenever I went to all of these appointments, we were driving anywhere from eight to 14 hours one way to get there, mind you. And so I would, of course, take our oldest at this point. We would homeschool on the road. We would homeschool in hotel rooms. We would homeschool from family members' houses that we were crashing at. 
it was just we would do what we needed to do to get life done while we were pursuing this. And once we gave that biological mother our word, she put her trust in us and we wanted to make sure we showed up. And so we continued that process. We did all the things. She even blessed us by allowing us to do a 4D appointment the week of my birthday that year. And it just, because I was so worried and nervous the whole time that once she saw him, she was going to change her mind. And if she did, that was her decision. That was like with foster care, we always knew reconciliation was the goal. So the whole time I am sitting there freaking out that it's all going to fall apart again, that something's going to fall apart at the end. But I still just kept, you guys are gonna make fun of me, but I kept hearing that song from Frozen 2, where she's like, do the next right thing that I can't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take, but all I have to do is take the next right step, make the next right choice. And so I kept hearing that song in my head. And so I just kept doing the next right thing. I kept walking with it. And months passed that her belly grew. Um, our youngest son was growing and thriving. And then our sons, Tommy Mommy, ended up hurting her back and needing some help that final month of her pregnancy. And so I rented an Airbnb and moved to basically the state that she was in for a month and a half or just no, right at a month. I apologize. Don't want to get too, I don't want to be too dramatic here. Right at a month to help her out and all those things. And so I was like, I know we're here. I know we're going to need to stay after he's born just because there are all sorts of different laws and mandates and things that are different in each state for adoption. And this whole time, our 10 year old had been asking the Lord, please give me a firecracker baby. He thought it was so cool that he was going to have a sibling born on or around the 4th of July. Now, we knew from the get-go that it was a little boy that we were going to get the chance to adopt. We knew that. And we also knew the due date, which wasn't until mid-July. And so I kept telling our, our oldest, like, don't get your hopes up. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be closer to what I thought was going to be my mom's birthday. My mom was born on July 11th. And so I figured it would probably be on or a little bit later than that. And I felt the Lord all over that because I was like, how beautiful would that be? My mom passes this year. Our youngest son is born on or around her birthday. But we get to July 3rd. I am at church. I am, I smuggled in a Starbucks into said church and was already making a scene climbing into the balcony area coming in late because I stopped for Starbucks. But I had actually set my phone to override the silent or vibrate setting and immediately ring if the phone call was coming from our, from my youngest son's biological mother. And we have a shared love of Napoleon Dynamite. And so her ringtone is the dance number from the end of Napoleon Dynamite where he's in the talent show and all of a sudden in church, in the sweet little Southern Baptist church, you hear that song go off <laughs> as if my iced coffee from Starbucks wasn't enough. And it was her telling me, I think I'm in labor. And I'm like, you think you're in labor. And so I want you guys to know this, where she was located is rural America. Okay. And so where she was at that time, 
There was a hospital, but there was no labor and delivery unit. She is rushed to another town where we have already pre-registered together, where they know the situation. She's rushed to that hospital via ambulance. And they call to tell me, hey, you probably need to head over that way. And I was like, okay, we'll be fine. She's about 45 minutes away to an hour at this point. I'm only about five, 10 minutes away. I've kept the hospital go bag in the back of my vehicle because you know how I am. I'm just a prepared kind of girl. And I'm on my way. Um, I immediately start to walk out of the church. A sweet gentleman. Um, this is what's really cool, you guys. Our friend that actually had reached out about the possibility of adopting the one that had sent me the message on Facebook, it was her dad. When I got to the bottom of the stairs from the balcony, trying to gather my, my life back together, he was like, Oh, you're already leaving. And I go, um, bio moms in labor and the church that I've been going to, they've been praying with me. They had known the journey. I mean, I come in out of nowhere and they're like, why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, they were a wonderful place, but it was actually our friend's dad. And he was like, oh my gosh, go. I'm so excited for you. We'll be praying right now. And it felt so good to know that somebody had saw me up there because I felt like I was up there kind of alone. And you guys, I get to the hospital and I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, okay, it's only been about 15 minutes. They said she would be about 45 minutes to an hour before she gets here. We're already pre-checked in. I call my best friend and I am panicking. She goes, did you get any snacks? She goes, have you eaten today? And I was like, no. So I run across the street to the nearest little store. I grab some snacks. I immediately stress eat a Snickers. I grab an extra phone charger because I only have my car charger with me. And um, I pull back up to the hospital. I go inside. Um, and I had already texted my husband at this point. I can't speak much to his, his perspective on this other than what he's told me, but he was in church. I called him, told him what was going on. He immediately left the church, went and picked up his mother and they started to get together and get all their stuff to leave from South Texas to head up to where the baby would be born. I'm sitting there in the parking lot after I had gone into the hospital and checked in and I am sitting there on the phone calling. I believe I was calling my husband at this point to just kind of be like, where are you? Are you guys on the road? And I get a phone call from the hospital. Now, mind you, she shouldn't have arrived yet for another 15 to 20 minutes. I get a phone call from our son's biological mom. And I'm like, hello. And she goes, where are you? And I go, I'm at the hospital. I go, are you okay? And she goes, he's here. And I was like, what do you mean he's here? Are you here? And she goes, yes. She goes, I'm here. We're, I'm in this room. Come on up. And so I go inside. I tell the guy at check-in, hey, they're already here. The baby was born already. And he's like, how? They haven't. And then at that exact moment, he got an alert on his computer that the ambulance had pulled in. It had all happened so quickly. Biological mama had not even made it into the hospital room before our youngest was born. And so I get to her room. I am racing up there. The gentleman at check-in was carrying my bags for me such a sweet, sweet guy. And, um, you guys, when I got there, she looked amazing. And so I'm sitting there loving on her and she goes, go meet your son. Our son's biological mom looks me in the eye and doesn't say, go meet my baby. Go look at my baby. She goes, go meet your son. 
you guys in that moment i was just like i looked at her i was like but don't you need me do you need anything else she goes she's like nope this is what it was about go meet your son and so walking down the hall into the other room you guys i don't think i've ever actually shared this publicly anywhere walking down the hall to that room i couldn't tell you the number he was in or anything but the nurse that i'm walking with notices that i'm like shaking <laughs> and she doesn't say anything she doesn't ask anything she just grabbed my hand and walked in there with me there was already another nurse in there attending to the baby because you can't obviously leave a baby unattended in a hospital and there he was you guys the cutest little thing this little bitty promise that I didn't think was gonna happen. And even in that moment, my heart just completely, it was his. I was completely in love. And I knew that the way adoption works is there is a waiting period before parental rights can be signed over. Paternal rights can be signed over early on, but maternal rights, they have to wait a certain amount of time after the baby is born before they sign over rights so that they are of sound mind, of sound character, of sound nature. And so even after looking at his little face, after seeing him in that moment, before I even got to hold him, I was like, God, please don't let this one fall apart. Like I wanted the best. I wanted everything to work out how it was supposed to. But in that moment, I was like, God, I know this could still fall apart. And if so, God, like, I know you're still good. I kept thinking that and kept saying that, like, if this falls apart, God, you are still good. I'm thinking all of these things in my head, and it reminded me of a Mary Potter, these things in her heart and all this. Like, nobody knew what I was thinking in that moment, in that hospital room. I was by myself. My husband was driving up with our oldest, with my mother-in-law. I had no clue where they were at this point. Probably weren't, I knew they weren't far because I figured we would be in labor for hours upon hours. And so I'm thinking all of this and one of the nurses picks our son up and hands him to me and goes, congratulations, mom. I don't think it hit me until that moment, you guys, that I was his mom. And I just held him and I just cried. I held him and I cried and I cried. I looked at his little face and I remember just telling him, like, I have waited so long for you. I have waited so long for you. I mean, they had to still do all the things. Like, he's brand new. He's still covered in all the baby goo and all that stuff. And so I take a picture as they're taking care of him and everything after I passed him back over. And I texted my husband. I said, he's here. And my husband is like, we aren't even 30 minutes down the road. How is he already here? Send me more pictures. And my mother-in-law is texting the same. And I just, I was so in awe. You guys, I made this playlist that I would just sing to and worship to and pray with as I was in his room, as I was packing up stuff. And so I I got to hold our new baby boy and have this sweet, precious moment with these songs that I had been singing, that I had been praying with 
I got to sing them over him and just hold him as he nuzzled into me. And it was so cool because one of the nurses came in and she goes, what's really neat is because you went to all of her appointments, right? And I go, yeah. And she goes, he's known your voice this whole time too. I had not even thought to the fact that the Lord was so gracious in the way that he wrote this story for us that our, our son, although I did not get to carry him in my own belly, our son got to grow and hear my voice from within the womb consistently, not once, not twice, but all the time. He knew my voice too. He knew my voice too. And that wrecked me. Like I was gone at that point. I just started crying and she just kept this nurse. I mean, I tell you, nurses are angels for sure. But, oh, that moment. And so again, July 3rd, in that hustle and bustle of his birth, I hadn't even really put two and two together. Other And people were literally saying July 3rd, July 3rd. And I hadn't, it hadn't clicked for me. And now where we were, it was the first time in, I don't know how long that they were allowed to launch or shoot off fireworks within, within city limits. Normally they were under a burn ban, things like that. Another fact that we need to consider here is that my husband is now on his way with my mother-in-law and they aren't going to be getting in until well after midnight. Hospital staff knew that they were fine with that. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there as the lights are going out, as it's getting dark, holding this promise of a miracle baby in my hands. And the fireworks start going off and we're on the third floor of this hospital. And I'm standing at the window at this point and I look out and you just see fireworks going off everywhere, everywhere. And my oldest had actually told our youngest son's biological mother, I hope he's a little firecracker baby. And bio mom was like, I do too. That would be so cool. In that moment, I'm watching these fireworks and that realization is hitting me that we have our firecracker <laughs> and my hospital phone rings and it's bio mama. And she calls and she goes, it's like they're celebrating him. And I just, I immediately, my heart hurt for her my heart for her, but she was so excited for us. You guys, I never have known somebody to be that way. She was so excited for us. And I just laughed and I go, Oh my gosh, it is. And I was like, do you want, do you want me to bring him down to you at all? And she's like, no, she's like, I'm okay. She's like, you guys spend time together. She, then she told me good night. That was that. And then my husband eventually shows up. We cry. He, we start fighting over basically who gets to snuggle the baby. <laughs> and then comes that waiting period of bio mama signing over rights. And I stressed for no reason, you guys. I stressed for no reason. I saw her that next morning. We talked for a little while. She signed over rights and basically told us how much she loved us. And that was that. And then the next thing we know, we are released from the hospital. We are introducing our youngest son to our oldest son. And our oldest son, his 
face, you guys, when he saw his baby brother was just, oh my gosh, my mother-in-law was such a doll to stay at the, at the hotel and take care of him. And they both were just elated to get to meet baby brother and youngest grandson for the first time. And you guys, I just, words cannot describe how it all feels. The whole time we had been going through this adoption journey, I had held on to this scripture from Isaiah 60 verse 22 that says, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Now, I'd been holding on to that for a long time and didn't realize that it was happening, that it was coming to pass. And I'm not going to get into all of the logistics, the time frames after this point. But we were released from the hospital. We had our waiting period within that state. And then the next thing we know, we are before a judge. We are before a judge who is asking us questions, who is watching us with our newborn son, who is chatting with big brother about having a baby brother, all these fun things. And then I was just certain we were going to have a million more questions or interrogations, if you will. And then I hear that gavel strike. And he goes, adoption granted. Congratulations, mom and dad. Congratulations, big brother. You are a family of four. And every fear, every single fear that I had up until that point, when that gavel hit, just fell off. It just fell off, you guys. I didn't even know there were fears that I was holding on to. When he said adoption granted, all I thought was the Lord was so good. He's so good. I had allowed so many doubts and so many fears to grip me. And you know what? I can't even say that it was just out of left field. Like I had experienced trauma in 2022 and at the end of 2021 even. And trauma is ugly like that. It wants to just hold on to whatever it can and make and just suck whatever life out of you it can. But God is so gracious. He's so kind. Even in those fears and in that healing of that trauma, it's not even beginning to process some of those traumas because it just was one whirlwind experience after another. God did not withhold his blessings because my mind was struggling. He didn't withhold his goodness or anything like that because I was having a hard time. No, he poured out his goodness. He granted us our heart's desires and more. He did. Our youngest son is our family's answered prayer. He's the fulfillment of a decade of intercession. And you know what? Trauma is no longer my plumb line. Hope is my plumb line. God is my plumb line. It's just amazing how God works. And now here we are a year later, <laughs> a year later. And that's just, it has been one of the best years of my life. We just being able to watch my oldest become a big brother and do so, so selflessly has been remarkable to watch my husband raise another little boy and the way that he loves on him, the way that he cares for him is, I mean, just as much as I fell in love with my husband, even more than I thought when our, when our oldest was born, 
it's even more so now because the way I get to see him love on both of our boys is amazing. It is for so long. It was so hard to imagine that the fulfillment of this deep longing for more kids for another child would even come. It's so hard. It seemed like it would never happen y'all. And it's so hard to believe that God's going to show up when your hope has been deferred over and over and over. But the scriptures tell us that with faith, even as small as a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. When I almost gave up, the Lord showed up. Okay. The Lord allowed us to walk side by side with a precious woman who we now lovingly call friend. That is our, our youngest son's biological mom. This woman would selflessly and courageously choose life and choose us to help raise that life. Like, you guys, when we got to the point, after we got home, we were dedicating our youngest son to the Lord at our home church. I didn't want to give him a life verse. They ask you to provide a life verse. I did not want to do that. I basically said, he's going to choose his own. But until then, this is what we pray and what I say to the Lord. And I chose, I chose 1 Samuel 1, 26 through 28. And in the CSB, it reads, please, my Lord, she said, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this boy. And since the Lord gave me what I asked of him, I now give this boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Then he worshiped the Lord there. I never in my wildest dreams growing up would have thought that I would relate to Hannah so much in the scriptures, but alas, here I am. <laughs> and I find myself holding our little answered prayer and constantly just saying, Lord, he's yours. His life is yours. It's not mine. His life is not his own. It's been ordained. His days have been given by you. His destiny is already before him. So when we made this decision to adopt, when we made the decision to expand our family, we did so without knowing what it was going to look like. And you know what? It's amazing. <laughs> this isn't a decision that we came to lightly or that we take lightly. It's not. This was a life choice that's going to alter generations for both our family and our son's biological family. We got the chance to meet his biological father who was just spoke so many beautiful things over us. But our youngest son came from the Lord. He belongs to the Lord. And we get the honor and the privilege of helping to steward his precious life. So today on his one year birthday, I just want to say thank you, God. Thank you. Adoption is beautiful. And I want to honor our son's biological mom. Although we might not chat as often and as frequently as we once did, I want her to know how much we love her. And just thank you. You gave us something that nobody ever, ever could have. And I just thank you for trusting us to raise him. And I want to close out this week's podcast with another scripture. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6 in the Passion Translation states, For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, 
so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. We have all been adopted into the family of God, guys. We are called to be those that bring those. We are called to bring others into the family of God. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. So, oh, there's so many emotions I've got today. But I hope that this glimpse into our adoption story, although lengthy, didn't even scratch the surface of the depth to which the Lord really intervened. It was remarkable, truly remarkable. I can't, yeah, I can't, I could not have even written, fathomed, or imagined stumbling upon the story that we were able to walk out in 2022. So today I say happy birthday, sweet son. You are our, one of our biggest blessings. You are the apple of your big brother's eye. You bless our family in so many ways. God has you in the palm of his hand, son. And from the moment he created you, you had a purpose and a plan. When life tried to erase you, when the enemy tried to take you out before your life began, the Lord stood guard over you. You are mighty. You are loved. You are chosen and you are wanted. You, my sweet son, are made in the image of God. We promise to keep you safe, show you all the love that we possibly can, and to teach you all about the goodness of God. So whether you came out of my tummy biologically or not, you have forever held my heart. You guys, I don't even know how to close this episode up. So we're going to pray and close out like we always do. And then I'm going to enjoy a fun day with my family as we celebrate our youngest son's first birthday. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for the gift of adoption. I thank you for the trials that came that led us to adoption. I pray blessings for, for our youngest son's biological mom today. I pray that wherever she is, that she would be comforted, that she would be comforted. I pray that this day wouldn't be a reminder of pain and of loss, but that it would be a reminder of provision of your comfort and that you would make yourself known to her so tangibly and to the biological father as well, God, that you would do all those things and more. And God, I thank you for our son's life. I continue to pray for blessings abounding to shower over him, God, and continue to equip my husband and I with what we need to raise these boys to be mighty men of God. Thank you for the opportunity, God. And may every choice that we make glorify you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's special episode. I invite you to join me over on my socials. I'm over on IG at, at Morgan Bartell. And I encourage you guys to leave a review on this podcast. I appreciate you guys for doing that so much. It helps others to find this message, this podcast, hear these stories that may not have heard them before. So I thank you for those of you who have shared this podcast. It means the world. And I also invite you to sign up for my weekly devotional. You can do that over at bloomwildlylivesimply.com. Every single Thursday, you will receive a 10 minute or less devotional straight to your inbox to encourage your walk with the Lord. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week. I can't wait to chat with y'all next time. 